This is Tom Bullitt, and I am here talking about my EP, Night Rider 2021, my life, and my upcoming album, The Cooler King 2. Check it out right here on Local Earshot. I just wanted to speak on something that's been on my mind lately. I feel like maybe people don't understand why I do this music shit. Maybe if I explained where I'm coming from, it might help. Might help people get it. Let me tell you about me. I was born on the bayou in a radio station. Always hearing new music when it was sent there for placement. Waking up to it daily, the sound molded and made me playing Eagles and Rolling Stones. This rock and rolls in my Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Biggs, here with Jonathan Grissom from More Bands Media. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Second day in a row, man. <clears throat> Also, you can take your leisure time down to louder than life. I'm gonna party my ass. Nothing, nothing to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got a guest with us in today, Tom Bullet, Oklahoma City. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to make it here. He got you here during a, a kid's birthday party. I apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I've been living with one for a few months anyway, so <laughs> I wear a lot of hats, folks. You know. Sometimes you get Brad, the dad, the husband, and everything all at once. And I try not to. I try to wear one hat at a time. Sometimes they get all weird. So, uh, well, uh, we found out about you through uh, Elizabeth Turner. She's been a guest on our show, and mm-hmm. uh, she pointed your name out. And I, like I said, I think Jonathan was able to hear a few more than I was. But I heard your song "Night Rider," and I, you know. Sounds like there's a lot of different influence in there, so I figured it'd be a good idea to have you on and see, kind of dig in a little bit. So, uh, you know, talk a little, little bit about where you're from and uh, how how we crossed paths and ended up here. So, uh, well, I was born in Houston, so I'm not f- technically from Oklahoma. Uh, I moved here 2004. So, so it's been a while. I've been here long enough where I can call myself an Oklahoma. Right. Uh, just, I grew up, uh, like Jonathan was talking about the other, uh, just a little while ago, uh, the song I did last year called open letter. I opened it by saying I was born on the bayou in a radio station. Oh. Uh, cause at the time my dad did radio. Oh, cool. Uh, so I'd meet bands, I'd meet artists, I'd get demo CDs and stuff, real cool stuff, cool merch. Uh, so I just grew up around music. Uh, and as I got older and discovered more music and kind of went out into the world myself, obviously I'm going to find those influences and things like that. And then getting into hip hop was just, uh, just felt like a natural thing. Yeah. Uh, was there like a watershed moment there? Like, did you start on like the guitar or, or anything in like a, a school band or anything, anything that no. like, you uh, just picked it up one day and said, I'm going to make some, make some sounds. Yeah. I had started listening to rap and hip hop and stuff and just kind of that became what I was listening to. Uh, in 2010, a group of friends and I were fucking around while we were on our trip to Europe and we we're just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's make a rap song. Let's make like a big group rap song. And it was absolute ass, but <laughs> what do you expect from a bunch of 16 year olds? Right. Um, and like from that day, it was like, okay, I could do that. 
I could, I could, I, okay, I could do that. I could learn how to do that. Um, so what, and, were, what were some of the main influences as far as coming up? Because, and, and, I mean, rap now has been around long enough that when you hear a, a rapper that has a, a flow or a certain mm-hmm. style, they're instantly recognizable. And a lot of kind of comparable with guitar players. And there's a lot of guitar players right. that can play every lick, but there's a few that but there's some where you're like nobody can touch and that's santana yes that's stevie yes, ray yes, that's yes. that's too clapped in that's, like that's yeah. biggie they have the voice and it's yeah. just that thing. um so who are some of your, your biggest guys to come up so when i first kind of was getting into hip-hop as a consumer literally the first rap song i ever heard was when chameleonaire's riding dirty was on the radio uh i was scrolling through the radio stations and landed on one of the local you know top 40 channels right and uh and that song came on and i was like i like that like that i like that yeah and uh so and so i kind of was in that for a while i was super into him for a long time i still am a fan of his chameleonaire is one of my favorite artists across the board across all the genres um period and uh when i first started recording music in 2012 after i graduated high school and got kind of back out into the real world it was just kind of a little bit of everything a little bit of this artist a little bit of that guy a little bit of that guy because i worked at the store was called when i started there their Edmond, Oklahoma City stuff was called Experience Music, but their original location at Crossroads Mall was uh, Eargasm. Okay. So I worked for that company. Uh, fresh out of high school, first job, job I wanted. That's rare. Right. right. Um, so we'd always get like the mixed CDs with a bunch of different artists and a bunch of different stuff on them. So I would just grab one of those, use my little $10 off employee discount throw that in the cd player and that's what i was listening to so did you just come through it through saying I, i'm i want to learn how to rap and use my voice or, or do you do the compositions do you have a producer or different players on uh, that aspect because there's a lot that's one thing i'm really surprised to hear when we have someone that's in the more hip-hop or pop or electronic composition world is how shockingly layered it really is even mm-hmm. though you might not be playing a physical guitar but these compositions can go pretty deep you know mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, so I find like the instrumentals myself and just kind of peruse through different producers. There's producers I'll always go back to. There's producers I won't ever go back to, right. things like that. It's just the connection that I have with this producer may not be the same that I have with this producer, things like that. And everybody has their own style anyway, and I like that. I like blending styles. I like hearing different styles you know i grew up with rock and roll but i had other stuff around me at the same time so being and being from houston you're in kind of a cultural melting pot anyway so even outside of music it was like my neighbor the next door neighbor was from el salvador Mm. so i grew up with his kids and it was just kind of when it came to music it just you know, uh, when I started kind of figuring out how to write my lyrics and how to actually make it 
sound good. There was just a lot of a lot of trial and error, a lot of getting pissed off, a lot of like, man, fuck, that's not working. Yeah. Or, you know, like, uh, let's see. What's a word that rhymes with that? Don't know. Now I got to start over. Right. So right, right. Um, it just kind of, uh, it just kind of happened. I just kind of fell into it. Uh, there wasn't like a day where I sat down and was like, this is what I'm going to do. It just kind of happened. Well, so what is it like as far as trying to do this from Oklahoma, Oklahoma city? I mean, is there, there kind of like a melting pot or something since the COVID migration, so to speak, or, or what are you seeing as far as trying to line up a gig and play locally or whatever? Uh, so that's, I'm glad you actually brought that up. So I haven't played since 2016. Okay. I haven't touched a stage since 2016. And it was, it, I'm kind of, I'm a little angry about that. It bothers me. It's an expensive like, hobby to pursue music. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> At one point, I was doing shows consistently through the release of my first actual album and leading into the second EP. I was playing a lot. I had a good little following guess you could call it a fan base i guess um and then just like it just stopped i stopped getting emails from bookers i stopped getting responses from people so were you on some kind of label or was it no, just all, all, all it was yourself? all me hmm. um i don't know if maybe i said something to somebody that kind of was like they were a little more influential than Shit. I well, thought to get blacklisted outright. You would probably know what you said, right? You know, <laughs> and that's the thing. It was like, did I say something to somebody, or like, did I, you know, did I pull three puffs off this dude's blunt instead of two? <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? Like, what the fuck is going on? It didn't. Like, I was mad about it. I was like, that sucks. But at that time, I was transitioning out of music anyway kind of focusing on other things i wasn't enjoying you know there's an ebb and flow to the music it, I, I stepped away from from music for several years mm -hmm. myself and it wasn't intentional it wasn't like yeah, a forced just, exile i just if it happens it, yeah i, I know like, exactly I had, what you mean uh, i was dealing with some shit and it just wasn't bringing me joy anymore so i've moved on to other things yeah uh, eventually picked my pen back up and started making songs again just because it just happens it wasn't Again, it wasn't like, all right, I'm going to get back into music. It was just, I just wrote a song. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well. Inspir inspiration going. strikes. You roll uh, with it, man. <laughs> but as far as like playing now, somebody says, hey, I want you on this stage. I'll be there. I'll do it. Depending on uh, depending on what it is and like where it is. Uh, there was an open mic I was going to do a few weeks ago that I was like, I'm, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I got an EP coming out Friday. The open mic's on Thursday. That's a perfect, like, hey, guys, I know I just played a couple songs for you, but I also got an EP coming out kind of thing. Found out it was at a strip club. Oh, no. And I was like, I don't do strip clubs. Well, it's... Uh, <laughs> never have, never will. It's going to be a distracted crowd, and, to and say and the least. And that, too. It was like, and... <laughs> you know, most... And kind of where it is, you know, I'd be the only white guy in there. Yeah. 
Well, to be fair, though, you do deliver a electronic and a dance kind of music. Right. So, I mean, hell, maybe you'd fit in just fine, you know? I don't know. The strip club scenes is uh, it just, it's a rough, rough scene. They've never appealed to me. I've, 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 I've always told my wife, I mean, it's cool. Like if it's a big bachelor's party or big celebration, that's one thing. Right. But if I have like a reason to, to be, be there, there. Like, it's just to go in there and just spend money. I'm like, I would rather just go down Robinson and get a hooker. Cause you're going to spend the same amount of money. You might as well get the happy ending to go with it. Right. But you know, whatever. I, you know, that's just, I don't condone any of these activities. Consult your doctor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Consult. Well, okay. Consult your doctor for what? <laughs> well, hey, man, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Right. Exactly. So being a pharmaceutical dose. Uh, so you took, okay, you had a break or a forced exile, however you want to put it, or whoever said what happened. Um, when you did step back into it, did the ideas just, the, when it came, it just really came and you had material? Or did it just like, okay, this one song hit and... And maybe it just it, kind of inspiration just kind of takes time to strike. I guess it, is what I'm saying. It was kind of a little bit of both, actually. It was like once I realized, like, okay, I can still do what I'm doing now with what I'm pursuing now while doing the music. It became so much easier. Mm-hmm. It was like because prior to that, I was kind of of the mindset of like music or nothing. If I'm working. A retail job, that's what I'm doing. I'm stuck doing a retail job. If I'm doing music, that's what I'm doing. Nothing else outside of that. So kind of allowing myself to open up and be like, okay, you know what? I have a day job. I'm getting my rent paid. I'm getting my bills paid. And I've got some extra spending cash for the music. Yeah. I'll just put it towards that. It made it a lot easier. So when that first song that I wrote during kind of that, kind of coming back into it uh i still have the song on my phone but i don't i've never recorded it i've never done anything with it it's just it was one of those things where i wrote it was like okay cool i can still do this i can find that balance i'm good and i moved on and during the little hiatus that i was on i definitely uh i found influence with a whole new, I guess, group of people, you could say, when it comes to musicians and artists. I. What do you mean as far as so uh, I had players s- or producers? Both. Okay. So okay. when I stepped away from music, I stopped listening to hip-hop altogether. I did the same with metal. Uh, I, I, dropped it, still... I dropped it for several years, and I didn't go to yeah. a metal concert or play a metal riff, man. It's weird how that... How... It's, it was weird. Like, there was still a handful of rappers and hip-hop artists that I would listen to, because I was like, they bring me that feeling. Yeah. Uh, of like, I, I still enjoy this. But like, most of it, I was like, eh, okay. It, it, it's cool, but once I turn my car off, you don't seek it out. There's nothing yeah. for it outside of the 12s in the trunk, right? Yeah. So uh, kind of during that time, I found a connection. And I'd always liked Yellow Wolf. Mm-hmm. Like I'd always kind of liked his music, but I was never a fan. I saw him at a gig. I think it was a Motley Crue show. And I'm like, that's weird booking. He's done. Somehow it yeah. worked. It worked though. Like He's toured with Korn. He's toured with yeah. all these uh, rock yeah. bands. He's got a rock album coming. Like, he's done with hip-hop. 
altogether. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, from what he says, uh, he was still doing it when we seen him, and we thought, well, uh, I wonder how the crowd's going to work here. And he he whipped him into a frenzy. He man. puts on a rock show. Wild. He yeah. puts on a rock show. <laughs> uh, but so I found like I'd always liked him. I always listened to him and kind of kept up with him. And then one day it was just like I was listening to his uh, 2015 album, Love Story, and it just it like hit me in the chest. It like punched me in the chest. I was like, whoa, this, I know what this dude is saying Mm -hmm. beyond just the words he's saying. I know the feelings behind that. I know all of that. Cause at the time I was dealing with a very bad depression where I don't remember like a whole three years of my life. It's weird how being reintroduced to music, uh, an album you've had in the back of your catalog for years, you rediscover. He's almost a complete rediscovery. And it was. It was like, because I had, like, when that album came out, I bought two copies of it because I was all for it. I was like, I love this. Like, this is totally different than what he had done before. This feels like him. So I went out and I bought two copies of that CD. But then I just kind of let it fall to the back. Like mm-hmm. you said, and I, I was just like, I'm going to listen to it again. Fuck it. Yeah. I need something to listen to. I've been listening to Santana for four days straight. I need something different. Um, and then so at, at one point, that was the only thing I was listening to was Love Story, was that album. It was the only CD in my car. It was the only album on my phone. It was only thing i was like going out of my way to listen to well do you think that was because now you had a uh, little more life behind you and you heard it from a different angle i guess i mean because it's the same album Mm -hmm. it's just you're listening to it now as a different under different circumstances i had the same experience with pink floyd i I didn't listen to pink floyd for years because i i'd heard it so much that it Mm -hmm. was like ingrained in my dna and then i heard uh wish you were here after a bad accident a bad deal and i was like wow that that hits in a whole new way now you know i think that was part of it yeah was that looking at it from a different angle of like okay i know where he's coming from now yeah part of it too was chasing that serotonin you know chasing that happy chemical (laughs) Uh, because i was and i you know looking back on it i was i was not in a good place man i was seven nights a week drunk get off of work drunk yeah go to work sometimes i've stopped drinking an hour before clocking in um it was i was in a very bad place in and out of toxic relationships and hooking up with as many people as i could and just not living trying to live that rock and roll life i was trying to live that rock and roll life to distract me from the real shit right right and then something about that love story album just i was like okay i can deal with i can do the rock and roll shit and deal with the real shit find that balance Mm -hmm. uh so that helped me um and so seeing that he became so comfortable in his own skin helped me get comfortable in mine because i was like okay that can happen sweet awesome what do i need to do to do that shrooms and acid (laughs) yeah i'm a fan (laughs) oh it helped and uh so back so then when i finally did start 
kind of recording music again and getting back into the groove of everything that was the uh that was the uh kind of the the turning point mm-hmm. where I was like okay I could find that balance I can do that and you could say that EP and that period where I was starting to get back into it like I'll even admit I was biting Yellow Wolf a little bit too hard. <laughs> like I, I was kind of not going like out not of, like ICP levels of fandom. Are we talking? No, about? no. Oh, okay, okay, no. okay. Like You're I, in the but I was biting pretty heavy. Uh, from Is that like something the, you, you've ever? Uh, well, speaking of psychedelics, being as how I'm a fan, uh, have you ever uh, t- tried the DMT experience? I have not done the DMT. No, it's quite a overwhelming experience. That's what I've heard. If you're interested. Maybe we'll go on a ride. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. I always have no, to. No, you're good. I love bringing that up. It's you always get a different answer. <laughs> I, you know, again, consult with your doctor. But oh, I think everybody, doctor. I think everybody should take acid once in their life, for sure. At least, yeah. And you know, get that experience under your belt. Well, and it's like, it's one of those things. It's it's good for you. It's <laughs> if you have to pick when to do it, and if like if uh-huh. you pick a time that is going to be awesome, like a once you're experienced a concert mm-hmm. or just a party in the backyard around your friend, you're going to have right. an awesome time. However, if you take it and you have to like do shit, it sucks. Yeah, that's going to suck. That's not going to work yeah, out like well. I had like when I was, I was towards the end of my, I was towards the end of a trip and I had to do shit. <laughs> and I was like, I really don't want to fucking do this shit. And then the stress of it like kicks the circus up. Right. Higher, and I was you know? like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Luckily, I luckily it, I fully came down before I had to do the shit. Yeah, I was able to push the shit back till it was completely finished. But yeah, I was like, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm about to have to do shit. Yeah, I, 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 I don't indulge often, but when I do, I pick my times to do it. Oh, I'm super. I make it awesome. I, if I'm gonna do it, it's it's gonna be awesome. I'm not I'm not just gonna halfway it. We're gonna go all the way, and we're gonna right. have a blast. You know, and I've gotten some shit from people for when I, for what, how I took my shrooms and acid. Because of what I was going through, it just felt right to do it at the house mm-hmm. by myself alone. Typically, how I prefer most of my trips to be, or just me. That's how I prefer life, period. Me, but, right. You know, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, and so I've gotten shit of like, oh, no, nah, man, you got to take that shit and then go hiking or you got to take that shit and go do you know go have an adventure it's like every trip's different okay but like everybody you know i'm sitting here on the couch the tv's not even on and i'm playing super mario brothers (laughs) like come on (laughs) like i'm good trust me just watching a stretch and then right you know like i rescued princess peach (laughs) without ever turning the tv on shrooms is a trip and i the thing with acid is it just it lasts so long. Yeah, you know? that was when you're on the ride. It's it's a long. That's what I didn't day. like about it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, man, I've it's been three fucking days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going. What the fuck? And then you think it's over, so you close one eye, and then you see some shit start to bubble. Right and again. <laughs> fuck. Oh it's, man. It, and I equate like, uh, like I had, I think my. Thing my little brother asked me about edibles and stuff and i was like if i can't get my hands on shrooms 
I'll take a very high dose of edibles. It takes a lot for me too. Cause it's know? like, cause then you kind of end up not necessarily in the same area, but you do have kind of that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I got a hundo here. If you want one, yeah, I'll take one. Hundreds. You want one? Okay. Uh, Ooh, that's a hundred. So I'm going to take this in half. <laughs> um, well, that tastes good. Man, I'm, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, I, I liked mushrooms as fucked around with them. And, and when I <laughs> took a, or I had access to acid, good, real acid, uh, that pretty much kind of was the end of my drinking. I don't know what happened. That's kind of how I was I didn't, too. I didn't try to quit drinking. I just so, sort of did. I had a lot of stuff happen all at kind of the same time. I stopped drinking kind of about the same time I was doing shrooms and acid and stuff um but what really made me stop drinking was i was looking at some photos of myself from a couple months before uh my buddy had helped me take some headshots for tv shows and movies and stuff stuff. to try to get try to get acting gigs and uh i was like god damn is that what i look like Eyes all sunken in, cheeks, cheeks poking puffy out. Puffy cheeks. What is with the puffy cheeks and heavy super, drinking? Super oh. skinny, like <laughs> pale. I was like, ah. Mm. Look like death in boots, man. So I and at the time I wasn't even wearing cowboy boots all the time. <laughs> I was still wearing sneakers. And I was like, okay, all right. If that's what I look like, then I need to change. And just think, there was a time in rock and roll when people wanted that look. They, they, they wanted, wanted that, that skinny, that gaunt, heroin, yeah. Strung and I was like, look. and so I just, I picked up going to the gym, just started lifting weights, because I was like, that's how I'm gonna get bigger. You know, I'll just eat more, lift some weights, try to get somewhat healthy. See now, did do you think the trip? The catalyst was that moment, or just it'll being in that state allowed you to kind of reevaluate. Being where in you're that at. being in that state kind of allowed me to reevaluate. I would agree. That's sure. same with same um, with me. So, because what I was dealing with, I had lost my high school mentor to cancer, and then several just a couple months later, lost my godmother to cancer. Man, back to back. So, both so two people that meant everything to me gone just yep i had nothing and uh and so that kind of started that downward spiral and of course then i hit that bottom and i bounced right back so how long was you on the ride for that was a good three years oh yeah from about from at least you took 20, care of it young. From, you took care of it early, right, man. From 2016 to probably about summer 2019. There's, like, events I remember. Like, I remember the seeing Mario on the TV. <laughs> when the TV wasn't even on. I remember right. going uh, to the Yellow Wolf concert at the Criterion. I remember events. I don't remember the time. Right. You could be like, oh, you know, what happened in 2017? Fuck if I know. I was probably drunk. It's <laughs> well, good you got it under control early, man. I spent uh, over a decade drunk. But then, like, you know, so back to the feeling of, like, okay, I can get comfortable in my own skin again. That helped. That all kind of helped. 
uh, help, you know, writing songs helped getting those ideas and those kind of feelings out. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I've always liked cowboy boots anyway. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm gonna go buy some. Fuck it. <laughs> and, uh, that's and our, then like, it's our policy around here actually. And I had bought a couple <laughs> of boots and a couple of pairs of boots. And I was starting to kind of transition into that anyway. And I come home one night, fucking bedroom door kicked off the hinges. Someone broke into your place or what? So I had a roommate oh boy. that got kind of sketch. So have, having it under a sublet, I put him under eviction. I, I went and stayed with my parents for a couple of weeks, came home. Every light in the house was on. Front door was wide open. All his stuff was moved out. There was just a mess all over the house. It was September, and he had the AC on full blast at like 60. Jesus. Covered up all the windows. It looked like a fucking... Just spiteful. Yeah, like out. junkie house. Yeah, like, And then I was like, my bedroom door's open. That was closed and locked when I left. Flipped the light on. My room was trashed. My closet was emptied out. My dresser was emptied out. My TV was gone. My stereo was gone. Like all like 40 pairs of shoes that I had. Jesus. Gone. My CD collection of like 300 plus CDs. Gone. And I was just like, not now. Yeah. I'm gotta- starting to feel better about myself, man. Come on. Don't do that. Got to get away from that shit, though, man. So, but never got my stuff back, but I well, was able to bounce back from it. Kind of used like that it. as an excuse to, uh, well, now I got room for more boots. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like it, man. I mean, uh, like I said, I heard the, the song Night Rider. If we were to play one, uh, what would you, uh, shameless self-promo here, what, mm-hmm. would you, what would you play for someone who's checking you out? That's a good question. <laughs> well, the ball's in your court now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you get to choose what song we play. Like a, if I were to show somebody a good song that represents who I am, that isn't like my open letter song from last year, I would probably actually, I'd probably show them either. Return of either that Return of the Night Rider or uh, the opening to the album that I've got coming, which released last year, but I'm re-releasing it this year because I changed a bunch of stuff okay. within the album. Uh, it's called The Cooler King. Okay. The song itself is called The Cooler King. Well, we'll uh, let's do Night Rider now, and then we'll close with uh, the other one, The Cooler King.
That was Return of the Night Rider, Tom Bullet. A lot of different stuff in there, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of different stuff in there. That's pretty cool. Um, so, are you looking to start maybe plugging some gigs with thanks COVID finally coming, re- re- the relief coming there, and, and people wanting to get out and see things? Or are you still kind of planning your next move? So, I with that EP, with the Night Rider EP, there's not really any songs on there that I could do live. Because it is such an electronic, heavy yeah. kind of thing. Like, I have a version of that song that I could do live, uh, and that's in my kind of set list folder on my computer. So, when you bring it to a live situation, are you looking to bring in more of a like a traditional rock and roll set piece, or are you trying kind of, to? Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. yeah. I've got it set up to where you know I used to just rap over the MP3 file right. of the song. But I've got them set up where like the main vocals are taken off, backing vocals are brought centered and brought up a little bit so that I can still track where I'm at. And it still kind of sounds good on stage. Um, but with the music that I've got coming on the way, that would be amazing life. Because that's more got back into like the the rock influences, the hip straight hip hop, yeah, like pop kind of thing. Um, and anybody that's listened to the album that I put out last year, isn't going to be surprised by the one that's coming. Cause it's the same album. I oh, just okay. changed a bunch of, st- I went in and I changed the mixes and I changed a little upgrading, I, little revisiting, I, you know, I pulled a Kanye, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I'm a, Hey, I don't know. like, I don't like how this album sounds. I'm going to redo it. But in it only re-releasing this album only happened because I was working on, Night Rider, and I realized I was getting better at mixing. I was getting better at making it sound better, and I didn't quite like how Cooler King Two sounded. I went back and I listened to it again, and I didn't quite like it as much as I did when I first put it out. I was like, "This is a big album. I need to like this is an album. This isn't just an EP. This is my album." Do you ever go back and listen to like your early early tracks and just like? Why on earth would I have ever thought that was good? Once, I do. once you like learn how to how to listen for tone, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I do, uh, for sure. Like, I can't say like oh, I'll go back listen to my first album, The Cooler King, 
and just shit on it. Like, nah, right, that, right, like right. I don't disown it, but it's like, that's who I was at the time. That was true for me at the time. That style was me at the time. That was my knowledge level at the time. That was my skill level at the time. So I get it. But being critical of myself, fuck right. that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so with this new one, uh, I'm happy with it. Cool, like, man. I can listen to Knight Rider 2021 and not be critical of myself. I'll still do it where I'm like, ah, I could have said that better. I should have, you know, I should have stretched that word out just a little bit into the next take. Well, that's one thing I think is cool about just the whole idea of even the way music's distributed now is different. Now, it used to be like when you see an album drop, that's that's just literally like a time capsule. It's a Mm -hmm. snapshot of where that band was at that Mm -hmm. time. And now it seems like it's more on the singles, like a single drops, and like that's where this artist was at the time, and and they try to push all that. So, um, in that realm, uh, you're kind of a young guy. Did have you ever? Did you ever know distributing music from the traditional standpoint with the CDs mm-hmm. and all that? You've always been digital. So, when I first started, I did do CDs because I didn't know how to distribute music. Right. I had a, I had a might still have a SoundCloud page that got updated five years ago. Uh, I've still, I still actively put stuff up on my Bandcamp page. Uh, right now it's just the music, but I do eventually want to start putting merch on there. Um, and uh, like with, Coming back into music after that hiatus, that's when I kind of discovered, okay, I need somebody else to get me onto Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Because I was, I was putting people's songs on my Instagram story well before. Yeah. So I was like, I need to figure out how to do this. Realized, oh, I can't just go straight to Spotify and it's upload my shit. Gatekeepers. There's always I can't go straight to Apple and <laughs> upload my shit. I got to go through somebody. Okay. So I... Uh, I was telling John on the way down here, uh, I've got a single that is out through TuneCore. And I said, fuck that. That's too expensive. So I still pay for that single to be up through TuneCore. But I was like, y'all want that much money for an album? Exactly. It's like payola never went away. I was like, okay. It's changed um, forms. I mean, I guess I can make that work. And then I discovered DistroKid. And that's who I use now. Okay. So just, and it's super quick. It's easy. I can just upload my shit, let it do its thing, and go do other shit. So are you you're through the traditional, quote unquote, traditional routes too with YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, all that? How can people uh, reach out to you if they want to either hear new tracks or download a track or whatever? What is the easiest route to um, to access your stuff? So I like to kind of keep my Facebook personal and somewhat private so i don't really ever give it out okay uh except for right, to set right. stuff up like this uh so instagram would be the best place okay to to get me uh at tom bullet t-h-o-m-b-u-l-l-i-t-t cool uh, and you just type that in i'm like the only tom bullet in the world so <laughs> i'll come up hell i thought i was the same way with brad biggs turns out there's several on instagram and oh man i'll just i'll type my last name in on facebook and just 
That's it. I could just scroll for hours and oh, never yeah. hit the bottom <laughs> of people with my same last name. And I'm like, and they're all, because my last name is English, and they're all London. Oh. Scotland. France. Like proper English. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we'll put on the Cooler King before we get out of here. Jonathan's going to wrap us up and, uh, Man, thank you for being out here with yeah, us. I appreciate you coming me, in. Um, the EP is called Night Rider. So the the one that's out right now is called Night Rider 2021. It's okay. the follow up to one I put out in 2017. Okay, um, where I kind of dabbled in that electronic stuff, but I didn't take that full leap until this one. Awesome. This man. one was literally just yeah. You know what? Fuck it. Have some fun with it, man. That's usually uh, how it ends up the best, anyways. You know. And right now, for the month of September, uh, I'm actually doing like what I'm calling music mayhem month where I'm just song after song after song. I'm just going to drop freestyle after freestyle after freestyle all month. No structure to it. No, like every Friday, every Monday. Right, right, right. It's like, all right, it's ready. Oh, here you go. <laughs> uh, and those will be on my YouTube channel, which is Tom Bullet. Just, you can search it. It'll, sh- it'll be buried under a bunch of Steve McQueen shit, but <laughs> I don't mind that. I like Steve McQueen. Cool, he was man. like my hero. So um, the album that I've got coming out after the Music Mayhem Month ends and all that, and I transition into promo and the album, is The Cooler King 2, okay. which is the sequel to my first album. Uh, it felt fitting. First album, The Cooler King, first al- first real album, back in the scene. It just it felt fitting. Cool. Uh, so the Cooler King Chapter Two is coming in October. Okay. Cool, man. Well, we'll uh, we'll get that next one on. Jonathan, take us out. All right. The uh, local earshot podcast runs on the value for value system. That is time, talent, and treasure. We value everybody's time for listening. Uh, and uh, we know that you could probably listen to a million different podcasts. So we four million last we checked. Yeah. So <laughs> millions of, of uh, random shows about everything probably about 90 percent of them are about crazy conspiracy shit uh halloween, halloween baby. and halloween, halloween though we we got a yeah, good show coming up for that we'll talk about aliens yeah, um but uh yeah and then as for talent uh we we talk to um artists of all different types and uh, we also talk to people that work inside the music industry you know if you work inside the record industry if you work in uh venues if you're a venue owner if you're a bar owner if you're like Anybody that works with local music and entertainment, uh, comedy, any of that stuff, uh, we want to talk to you and hear your story. Uh, as for treasure, uh, we take donations at thelocalearshot.com slash donate. Um, and we take crypto, uh, pay, our, uh, PayPal, and uh, we take Cash App and Bitmo. Um, yeah, and uh, so you, and if you, uh, if you donate, then you actually get what they call executive viewership. Uh, it, your name goes on the episode uh, listed as a producer of the show. Um, so for that episode, um, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Bye, guys. <clears throat>
I was born on the bayou down in Houston, Texas Where they candy coat Cadillacs never relax. Oh, then I moved to Oklahoma where I became a man Little did I know that it was part of the plan yeah. Started writing songs coming into my own yeah. But as a white boy it's a difficult road yeah. So I keep my head low still watching the show Trying to carve my own lane in this red dirt road Woo. Became an outlaw, put some boots on my feet I don't give a damn if I smell like weed It ain't them that you gotta look out for a white boy called the concrete cowboy. I don't give a damn about a best rapper list. Cause I'm ill on my own. I ain't nobody's clone. I just made another hit. Time to go get stoned. I'm the cooler king, motherfucker. Watch this. I don't give a damn about the diamonds on your wrist. Cause I got my own shit from the trial by fire. Still got integrity while you fuckers are lying. Took me a break cause I needed some rest. Now I'm back in the game, so you bastards are pressed. Cause I'm white boy. Cause I'm looking real cool from my head to my boots Keep a joint lit while I'm playing the blues